good evening, everybody. It is a perfect day for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. I'm Jimmy Palumbo, your host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. As always, I say my name as much as I can because, after all, no one else is saying my name. We got a little bit of a different show here at Shea. Instead of Chris Gucci, uh, again, I mentor Chris Gucci in the offseason, and he was so inspired by me going skiing that like he immediately called his girlfriend and said, I got to go skiing. If Jimmy's going skiing, then I'm going skiing. <laughs> and so he left to go skiing uh, with his girlfriend and I think some fam- family and friends. So I was like, you know what? Take take the time off you need. I know how important it is to ski. And so I have also Chop Sports owner Dave Sturgeo behind the glass for the first time in a very long time. Actually, we did our first show together. Uh, which was like a thousand years ago, uh, uh, 50 shows ago. So Dave, welcome to the program after a while. Well, that's not true. Cause I, I definitely sat in with you. You, sat in. Uh, you did sit. I'm talking no, about, no, no, but I'm saying like I co hosted or produced your show right before you came down with the first case of COVID. It was right after you got off the flight, you came down and Gooch was not oh, here. That's right. I, and well, I, was here. I guess I get confused because we're doing this one over Zoom yeah. or StreamYard or whatever. The lovely technology day <laughs> here from the Omni in Atlanta. Of course, uh, there's such exciting news. But first, we got to get to let's get to show number 50. Now, as you know, I named the show after a player who wore number that number. It's number 50. I think, and again, Chris will have to verify this next week or, or on the sh- your show tomorrow. This might be the worst number of all time for me. For And I thought it was going to be, oh, we're in the 50s now. We're moving forward. Um, because, uh, number one, I can go at uh, uh, Mick Kelleher, the, the Yankees uh, base running coach for six years. Uh, <laughs> coaches Don, now. <laughs> yeah, Don, Don Zimmer wore it. Uh, but for the Giants, I'm a Giant fan. I had to look. For the Giants, it was this guy named Ken Strong. And here's the classic Jimmy Plumbo. I'm like, Ken Strong? This guy played in the 30s and 40s. Turns out the Giants retired his number. That's why I thought for sure there was I, – I, I never watched the guy number 50 because they retired his number a 1,000 years ago. He was supposed to be a very good player back in the day when the Giants were one of the better teams in the league in the 30s and 40s, I guess. Then I was going to maybe do David Robertson – uh nba i always thought he was a good player and, and oh the admiral yeah yeah the admiral of course um but i decided to go with a guy and this is again you guys fans of the show are gonna I, I could get hate mail on this because no it's not a cowboy i'm not i'm not <laughs> that far gone but this guy really didn't wear the number his whole career but he wore it the last two years of his career and i'm gonna have to go with daryl dawkins as a piston in his last two years, wore number 50. Now, some people don't know who Daryl Dawkins is, and some people don't know he wore number 50, and some people don't realize he wore number 50 only the last two years. But he was a member of the, the you know, that brat pack there of the Pistons. And um, the, uh, but the reason why I brought him up is because a couple of things. He injured his back badly, and he was going to the specialist in New York right around the time I injured my back. Oh. And all I remember is going to the office. My, my mother thought I still have a back issue that that doctor said will rear its ugly head when I'm when I'm 90 years old, which feels like that's in two weeks. Uh, <laughs> I'll have some sciatica back issues with the nerve, the jelly in the in the thing hitting the nerve. Everybody knows about that now. But who was in the office? This like I remember this was probably I can't even give you a year, maybe 80 early 80s, 83, 84, 85, somewhere in there. You don't realize how big Daryl Dawkins was. Again, I weighed, I was, I was heavy then. I was what, 110, maybe? <laughs> and uh, this, this ginormous man in a sweatsuit who looked literally like the, like he had to duck no matter where he went, was in the room. And I was like, was that Daryl Dawkins? He's like, yeah. And the guy said, uh, yeah, he's got a back problem. Uh, blah blah blah. So er- ever since then, I became like a fan of Daryl Dawkins, you know, because I met him in the doctor's office. But but then he was shot. Um, he was one of those players that could have been really good. Some people say he was really good, blah, blah, blah. Um, unfortunately, he did pass away in 2015 of a heart attack. But the thing that I think Daryl Dawkins has to be brought up, <laughs> and again, when I talk on the show, this is not Mike and the Mad Dog, and I'm not Chris or Dave where everything's verified, And although sometimes you guys are bullshitting too. I think he created a major – just like Lawrence Taylor – created a different position in the NFL. Uh, Daryl Dawkins would dunk the ball 
and break the backboard with glass all over the place <laughs> to the point where they made it a rule. If you do that, it's a fine and suspension. Okay. And also every NBA arena had to come out with a different backboard. So they had to have an extra one in the stands in case someone did do it. Um, and, and they made it that whole give thing now. And there's a whole thing to it. Like, and I think it's pretty cool in his not storied NBA career that like, you know, his grandkids or something like, oh, my grandfather played. Yeah, they, they had to change the basket because of him. Like, I, I just got, I don't know. Do you agree with that? Like, I like I like that. It's you know, like almost as if before Shaq was doing it, you know, this guy was sitting in the toe. See, for guys like me, Shaquille O'Neal was doing it because that's when ESPN was around and all that. Right, I was right, like, right. Chocolate Thunder, Donald Dawkins did that all the time. <laughs> um, and so I have to, I'm going to name the show after him for that reason only. I had, there was nobody. It was, I was like, there was no lousy. I, I it wasn't even that many great players. Uh, oh, Mike Singletary, I could have went with, but I, what, I, what am I going to talk about him? He's too good. Anyway, oh Don Zimmer Ward, maybe I mentioned that. But anyway, mm-hmm. so that's it. Now, who do you got? Well, you know, you know where I was going with this. You know, I, I have it has to, to be a cowboy. Right? I have to stick you with my Cowboys well, lineage. I get it. Chris does the Packers. So. Yeah, I mean, I did look up other my other sport, my other favorite teams on sports. You know, whether it be the Knicks or the or the Yankees or even the New York Rangers. But I went to the Cowboys. I was very disappointed that it didn't jump out at me like I thought it would. Now, I hope like, it's a guy I would know. I hope you picked an error that I possibly would know. You will because I mean, you watched the recent sport of, of yeah. Giants football. Oh, okay. So. Somebody that had all of the Giants tight ends along with all the tight ends on lock for a little while while he was at least on the field. Number 50, Sean Lee. Sean Lee was a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. and uh, He's the guy from Notre Dame, right? Penn State. Oh, Penn State. Okay. Yeah, it was – or was it Penn State? I think it was Penn State. I thought it was Notre Dame. Uh, No, Notre Dame is Jalen Smith was – Who's the one who got caught in the fishing game and the girl writing him? Oh, I don't know. I'm tired of the Cowboys yeah, being I always thought, scandals. I always thought Sean Lee was a classic uh, sport thing. When he played, when he stayed on the field, he, he was very good. But unfortunately, in today's game, staying healthy is like part of your talent. Base. There's a, yeah, there's I, a wait. Do you get hurt? There's a there's a comedian out there. His name is Scooter Magruder. He does like reaction videos to all the Cowboys games, right? He would start off every uh, reaction video with is Sean Lee playing. Like we didn't know. We just never knew. Yeah. Sean Lee either had a hamstring or a shoulder or a quad or this or that. He would be injured a lot. But when he was on the field, he was He's an all pro. Player. I agree. Yeah. I agree. He uh, uh, I couldn't cross. He was a cowboy. I couldn't stand. But I'm like, this guy's good. He's down on the field and. I mean, the game is littered with guys like that, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it, I never blame a team management when you get a guy like that. And then finally they just either cut him or trade him. And people go like, well, he's doing really good with the, with the, you know, with the Bengals now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Five years, I, I have to coach and I, I, I got to have this guy. And I can't, I, I, I wish him well. I'm right. glad he's doing well, but we, we couldn't do this anymore. And I, and I think that's fair by management to do that. So, all right. Cowboys, Sean Lee. Normally it's a Packer, but we'll go Cowboys <laughs> this week. Um, so that's it. 50-50. We're going to go with Daryl Dawkins and Sean Lee getting involved here from the Omni. Um, and uh, that's it. And, of course, um, we're going to have to uh, – th- that's – I guess we'll – well, when, this is I'm, – I'm struggling with this because uh, this next segment is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear, which – I don't want to say it's our favorite sponsor. It's one of our older sponsors. It's the OG, OG it, it's of sponsors. The OG, yes, and uh, plus, uh, you know, I'm good friends with the family, and that's not the only reason why I love their uh, business. But this is sponsored by Absolute. Eyewear. As you well well know, Chris, or maybe I'm you, Dave. But go ahead. I mean, as you well know, Dave. I'm sorry. I knew that <laughs> was going to happen. It's I so it. programmed in your head. It's, yeah, it's it totally well, understandable. I, I will. I I will not. I will make that mistake only two or three more times in the next day. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've been doing this weight thing which was spurred on by my sister said, why don't you announce your weight? And I got to be honest, I thought it was going to be going better quicker. Um, So with vacation and blah, blah, blah last week, uh, which by the way, was Tom Landry, 49 of the giants. I don't know if you, I I did hear, I I I think I mentioned your name. Um, I came in at 206.4, which after vacations and the layoff, I was like, you know what? It wasn't, it went from, in two weeks, it went from like 211 to 206.4, but there were some ups and downs. Heading into this week, I was doing good, but I ended up 
that we're going to be talking about later, doing some gigs, stand up on sets. And when they have on sets, they got food sitting right there. And, you know, I got, I got, I got a little sloppy. Mm -hmm. I stuck to it, but I only lost a pound. So I weighed in at 205.4, which is down one pound from last week. So, I will say, I will say, just by looking at you, you know, obviously we got the streamyard thing. You did, you do look a little trimmer in the face. Well, I, I lost overall since I started this thing a little bit longer ago. I am, I was two eighteen, fat bastard. That I Wait, was. you started this at two eighteen? Yeah, but then I, I, what I was gonna do was start off just getting into it a little bit, and then you know, right around the new year, you know, start bearing down. But of course, I started watching my weight personally, you know, and then I wanted to like not be on a diet yet just get myself moving a little you know i was trying to i was trying to have like a spring training for dieting and uh it, but i the only i i should be down more than i am but the only thing i'm clinging to is i i'm still trending in the right direction uh for you twitter and instagram fans so jimmy plumbo is trending towards not being a fat bastard at 205.4 but i gotta come in next week i'm really gonna put the pressure on myself because i have till april 1st Right around opening day slash my stand-up show at Avenel, which I'll get to that in a second. I want to be under 200. I want to be right. I want to be a 199, to be honest. That's fair. It's it's very doable. And I would also say, like, it's one thing for your stand-up show. But, I mean, let's let's call it how it is. The Chop Sports softball team will be taking the field well, very soon. I, I so I'm hoping you'd be ready I, to go. I am going to be ready to go. You will see a whole different John, Johnny <laughs> Trino, who is also signed alongside of me, when, when I can make it. I'll go and Johnny Trino will stay home with Johnny Trino. You know, but we go it. back and forth. We're really two players, as you know. <laughs> Tongue in cheek day here from me. From me. Um, so yeah, two hundred five point four, and that of course is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear, which I still think is funny. Like, what if I just ballooned up to two twenty five and it's sponsored <laughs> by Absolute Eyewear? It would be so awful, but funny nonetheless. So that's it. Two hundred five point four. I lost a pound. I know Chris is going to listen to the show tomorrow. Just not be happy with that. I wanted to do better too, but I got caught in a couple things. It's not easy. Um, not easy. Well, let's let's get to a let's um, let's get to the show. Really, um, now that I'm a pound lighter, uh, <laughs> um, listen, Rutgers basketball, incredible what happened. Um, I was down on Rutgers hoops all year, and all of a sudden they beat you know four top twenty teams. First time ever a non ranked team came in. Uh, then they ran into Purdue yesterday. Now, I knew this game was going to be trouble because we beat Purdue on a buzzer beater. Lucky shot, let's face it. And now they're at home. They're playing really well. They're ranked number five. And the game started off like a buzzsaw. They just came out and were bringing it uppercuts to Rutgers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, you know what? We're going to blow a game. Let, let it be this one. Get it out of the way. But then a funny thing happened. Rutgers suddenly cut it to a one-point game with a minute 40 to go in half. And I'm like, damn, this team is a pain in the ass. Purdue is much better than Rutgers all the way down the line. And here we are one point game. And then the last 90 seconds, technical foul, a three pointer, a dunk, a this, a that. And next, you know, it was a nine point game. And I said to myself, they blew this game in the last 90 seconds of the half. Mm -hmm. Then they came out to start the second half and gave up a nine Oh run. It was 18. But even then, it looked like it was going to slip to 25, 30. The game had gotten to that 9 to 12 point arena, and we just didn't have the answer. Purdue was really good. I will tell you, they're big men. You know, they had that big center guy who's seven foot four, and the Trevon Williams had the game of his life. And Ivy, who looks like an NBA, part of me wants them to get on the Knicks. But the only reason why I'm, again, in this, what I like to call Obi Toppin area, mm -hmm. this guy Ivy, everybody thinks is going to be like this great NBA player. I think in the NBA, you can be athletic and all that and dunk and go to the hole and all that stuff. You got to shoot the ball. And I think Ivy's, I'm not convinced of his shot yet. Like you got to be able to shoot the ball mm -hmm. from three pointer. Really, you really got to hit three pointers. Otherwise, you're not, you're not going to be that good in the NBA. It's that simple. And uh, I'm talking about being great anyway. There's role players. Um, but I think Purdue, they're ranked number five. They got three, they got two big men and they got Ivy. Uh, I, I, Purdue, why can't Purdue win the whole thing? Are they And they're well coached. And I, yeah. I think Purdue's going to be a beast. I give Rutgers a little love. I mean, let's face it, the kid, Paul Mulcahy, who I think 
was like the worst. I, I still, I still think if we played like around the world right now with me and my sweat, you know, my my with my slacks on, <laughs> he would be like, oh, Jimmy's hanging tough with me." But uh, he's proven me wrong. He's playing wonderful. He's a really awesome college basketball player and fun to watch. So I got to give a shout out to Mulcahy as well as Harper playing well. Anyway, but that being said, all you dumb Rutgers, Rutgers has the dumbest fan base in the world. Okay. <laughs> including myself. Um, they just do. They just, we don't have a history. Like we don't know what we like. Rutgers fans talking about the NCAA tournament is like, uh, 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 it's like me talking about like, you know, uh, uh, NASA. Like we don't know. We have no experience. <laughs> There's no history there. The right. history is like guys are like the, 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 the 76. Yeah, come on. I was 11. I mean, stop it. We've made, we've made the tournament so few times we're on the bubble. That's another thing people have that like Rutgers not only has stunk for a long time. We're not even, even on the bubble talk. It's awful. Even we're not on the bubble talk for NIT half the time. It's awful. Um, although one time we did go to the final four of the NIT, but I don't talk about the most worthless tournament in the history of tournaments. I know, I know. <laughs> Barrett, as soon as you start talking about three letter tournaments, you're done. Uh, that's a great line. But, uh, I don't think they've clinched anything. I, I actually think with the schedule they got left, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, and um, maybe they play Ohio State. I'm not sure. Uh, they, like, don't tell me Rutgers can't go 0-4. They close with Penn State at home. Everybody's like, oh, we got that game. Really? Well, the last time we played Penn State, they led by 13 from the beginning to the very <laughs> end. So, like, I, I'm a fan now. I'm like, yeah, Rutgers can go 0-4, no doubt. Then we'll have to win two in the Big Ten tournament. Or part of me says that the way we're playing, we can go three and two and be get a double bye in the tournament, which means, you know, in those Big Ten tournaments, they start on Monday. And if you're really good, you don't play to like Sunday night. You play what's Monday. uh what's your what's your gut say? I mean, you think, what are they gonna I, do? I think I think they're gonna go, I think they're I think they're gonna go two and three. And that should clinch it because then we'll be twelve and uh, twelve and eight in league. And I think that'll clinch it. If they go one and four, they're going to have to win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament. So, you know what? The bottom line is this team is a weird team. They're hard to watch. Sometimes they miss shots, but they brought me back in, Pacino. And um, so I'm enjoying it. And we'll switch to another basketball team. I'm sorry. I know. Well, this we can talk about because uh, Chris doesn't know, but Dave, the, this Knicks thing, bro, I, this is the most. Uh, is this not the most? Okay, for a local fan. I think this is the top five most depressing storylines in the history of New York sports. Only um, because last year we knew we weren't, we knew we weren't, you know, the, the, the world champs, but they were like, oh, we got a little thing going on. And, and so fast, it just went to nothing. Like what happened there? I it just, I mean, I don't know. Guys are banged up. Everybody's banged up. You know I mean? Uh, it's just uh, now all of a sudden Thibodeau stings. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happened? Like, you I understand think, what I mean by the like the most depressing storyline? Yeah, because we were the four seed last year. Everything was really exciting, but then like you're coming to find out that Randall can't do it himself, and then like you know the, the other Rose guys are under. Hurt. Rose gets hurt. They're underachieving. I I don't know. It's just and then the Barrett, fall from grace is just unbelievable. I, I think I know they finished losing like they were three and ten the last thirteen games or something. Yeah, I think what, they're nine under nine under five hundred heading but, into the back stretch of the year. What it proved to me though is I think Barrett is a real big time player, and yeah. he's been out for. Six games and they just right. can't win without him. Um, the only thing I, now here's the question: Do I hope that they? I think uh, Rose and Barrett are coming back. Um, do I hope we scratch into the playoff game, to the one game playoff? Yes, I've I, I had this I, internal battle for a long time. You know I, I think as a fan, you want to win every yeah. game, right? Like, yeah. But you know what? I want. I, I first of all, for the last ten years, all we do is tank the last thirty games on purpose. Right. I'm over that. Yes, I wanted. I want. You know what? Because you know what? We'll be like, and tomorrow night, the next take yeah, out. Like exactly. We're, we're so low on the totem pole <laughs> that we any little handout of food, one game playoff, or, <laughs> right. or even if the rule is like you get one game and you have to win by thirty, I'll be like, next <laughs> off by twenty-seven. Hit this is for the chicken. You know, I would be going nuts with that. So yeah, I want any kind of. I don't want to go to that stupid draft lottery thing where you gotta. You know, where like you you win four games and you pick eighth sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I like the old days. Like when you stink, you get the first round thing. Oh, we gotta we gotta freeze the envelope like we did yeah, for Patrick Ewing. Absolutely, you know? grab the cold one. Uh, <laughs> anyway. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. 
Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it. They got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. So another thing that annoyed my soul, I watched a little bit of the Olympics while I was away. I used to be into the Winter Olympics with ski family. My mother and dad liked to ice skate, too. That's how they met. Um, but I've decided that um, there's just too many. Again, Jimmy, as you know, I'm taking over the Olympics in two years. Uh, I mentioned that during the Summer Olympics. It's going to be just a really long weekend. Well, maybe we'll go Wednesday to Monday. Uh, maybe like even over President's Day weekend. We'll start on Wednesday. Opening ceremony is Wednesday. A 30-minute ceremony. You just everybody walks around the track and then they're done. No waves your little flag. Waves your flag, you're out. And you're the only three people, the three people from each sport. So it's like not I don't need to see every athlete. Just three people go in, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) In and out. Nice little nice 45-minute show with 15 minutes of commercials, eight to ten, and then we can put blue bloods on or whatever shows on. Um so then we just do all the events Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We're out. Nice little closings. You know what? I have no problem with a huge closeout ceremony. Have it like Monday night, not during football season. Run a five-hour closing ceremony, all that stuff. So it was a little more difficult to figure out the sports for some reason. Um, but but I'll, I'll make an attempt at Jimmy Palumbo's uh, future Winter Olympics. And here we go. All right. I guess this is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear, too. Might as, <laughs> might as well be worldwide, global, not peacemaking with this bad Olympic thing I'm about to say. But all right, here we go. Now, now alpine skiing, okay? Men and women. If I don't say men and women, I mean both. I'm, I'm into that. Men could do the same. Women could do the same thing as men, you know, whatever. So they're in both. Uh, alpine skiing, it's real simple. There's just a downhill, which means you start at the top and you see who gets down fastest. That's, a, <laughs> that's the greatest Olymp- Olympics winter sport. Go if you fall, like I. There's this big thing I'm gonna edge on with the skiing stuff and snowboarding. When you fall, it's huge demerit against you. That way, you can't just go flying down the hill and you fall like oh, I got two more chances. No, no, you fall. It's like oh, now I got to be perfect, perfect the other two times. So I'll allow one fall. Second fall, you're out. Um, and the other thing is like a giant slalom where you go down through the gates, nice and easy. That's it done no teams skiing's not a team sport you go up a chair let you ski down that's it no team stuff two events make the downhill the greatest thing ever uh, maybe extra points for going way too fast um uh, and i think there should be something if you fall or you spin out of control but you don't go down that should be like oh that's huge you picked up an extra five style points and near fall so that's it <laughs> now the biathlon which some people can't stand because you have to cross-country ski for like 10 miles and in the middle of it you got to drop down to your belly and shoot a target that's seven thousand miles away and the guys are hitting the bullseye i for some reason like this sport because to me it represents 150 years ago if your family was starving and you lived in colorado you had to run look for the look for the bird drop down shoot it then eat so how fa- if some guy was like i can't do it. you didn't eat but the guy who remained calm and it was really cool. He shot the bird or the bear or the deer in one. But I'm going to make it real easy. One event, you run 10 miles, you drop, you shoot a few things, you come back, that's it. No team, none of that. That's all gone. Bobsled, simple. We're going to do the one-man one and the four-man one. That's it. You go down, fast as you can, that's it. Uh, I'll do no heats. You just go. Everybody go down. <laughs> Done. Every country can do it because if you just don't fly off the thing, you live. <laughs> okay um uh cross-country skiing again you, same thing as biathlon but you don't shoot i'm gonna go with um just one like 15 mile race you just all right go and whoever comes in like you make it through and whoever comes in it's like a like a track meet done uh curling is gone i know it's a wacky sport but they should do that like they do uh uh, uh what's that the, the toss the toss in the bag thing uh um, cornhole it should be like cornhole. Like they should do that during the year, like on XFL halftime. It should be like a fun thing to watch. Curling's yeah. gone. Um, figure skating. Now, this is a big one. Obviously, that poor 14-year-old girl 
they were, you know, they were pumping her up with steroids and drugs and they made her skate and she's 14. We're going to have a whole, the whole figure skating thing, much like the gymnastics I'll get to next time this Olympics, if I'm still on the air, we're going to have three categories. Okay. For women and men, we're going to have 14 to 18 year olds, the ones who look malnourished, not having their periods, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Right? Look like they've been working out since they're nine. Then we're going to have 18 to 25-year-olds, like, like that college kid, you know, like the snowboarder, that kind of look. Let them jump around. They, they, everybody's a little older, a little, little not heavier, but they're, they're filling out, so it's more, it's more beautiful to watch. And then we're going to have the, the ultimate one, 25 and over. I want to see some 37-year-old woman who's beautiful, in shape. It doesn't care if she's beautiful. 20, you know, some 37 year old woman who is like skating. I want to see a little Peggy Fleming 1972 there. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have three categories. That way, everybody's clear that the 18 year old who, who can bend herself into a pretzel because she, her body is deformed because she hasn't grown yet, can't <laughs> win the award. Um, and partners is really simple. The partnering that, you know, when they skate with the girl and guy, uh, you have to be 25 and over. Simple. Because nobody wants to see a 29-year-old man holding up a girl. It looks like I'm, I'm, I'm skating with my four-year-old daughter, uh, <laughs> grabbing her in place. It's just stupid. Mm -hmm. Two adults, consenting adults, standing around <laughs> the ice. Um, and, and I think that'll be great. They're older people. It'll be like, you know, an aging LeBron. I mean, go. that's what I want. So uh, that's it. Now, the next one is uh, freestyle skiing. That's gone. You ski down the slalom and down. I don't need you to see doing flips. That's for snowboarding. Hockey, still good, amateur only, never another NHL player should play in any league ever again. Go back to the old school, which means we won't ever win it, but it'll be fun. Every 70 years, we'll have a miracle on ice. Uh, the luge, which I think is hysterical because you're on this little uh, cafeteria tray. Uh, I just think it should be one race. You throw one guy on, go down, fastest, <laughs> done, out. We can do that in four hours, the whole tournament's out. <laughs> the just Nordic thing, Nordic combine, I don't even know what it is. It's gone. Probably some kind of skiing thing. That's out. Um, speed skating. It's real simple. You could either go around once, right? You see, you can go to fastest. And you have one where you got to go around four times. You can go to fastest. That's it. And you do the relay thing. Done. That's easy. That'll take about two hours to compete in that. There's something called skeleton. Don't know what it is. Didn't take the time to research. There should be no Olympic event named skeleton. So that's <laughs> out. Uh, ski jumping. Another new big change is the ski jumping. They're in these little tracks now. It's like not even snow. Uh, and so it should be on a regular, like, icy, flat leg. Uh, what is it? The agony of defeat, thrill of victory. It's got to be like that. <laughs> and I think it should be like a little treacherous where uh, when's the last time somebody fell on the, on, the, on the going down? When nobody falls on the downhill ramp, make it steeper, make it icier, make it. I want to see. I don't want to see death. But I want to see like, whoa, did you see the guy from Australia? He flew off the thing. He ran, flew into the people. Nobody got hurt. Um, and you just let three guys from each country do it. Again, you get some country. Here's from Kenya. He has not much experience on this course. And whoa, you know, maybe some guy just gets off one giant. It's your great television. Yeah. So that'd be awesome. Um, now, snowboarding. This is another issue I have. Okay. The girl who won the gold, the best ever, blah, 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 blah. I tell you, all I saw watching from my ski lodge in Colorado was the greatest snowboarders in the world falling all over the place. <laughs> I don't, it's like, oh, she fell, but oh, but her first time down, she was so perfect that the other two, what are you kidding me? You do three times. If you fall twice out of the three, gone. Get you like, sent right to the airport. You're like out dunk, of here. It's like the dunk contest from this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody's missing. Everybody's missing. <laughs> when you miss, it should be like it should so that way. What, it, what happens is they go for they go they call it go going for it well yeah like like imagine if LeBron James I said LeBron listen in any kind of dunk contest just try to do whatever you would have guys LeBron would be like stacking up chairs and tires trying to <laughs> if he missed it doesn't affect him if he gets one good one in no if you fall it's got to be like oh that's gonna cost her 19 points she has to ski perfect to even medal you fall. You're out. It's a big, not out, but it's like, oh no, what are we gonna do? Instead, the announcer's like, ah, she fell again. But tell you, <laughs> that first heat, she was just so good, and it that's ridiculous. And then every girl tries to match with the other, and they're falling on stupid. So we're gonna have, you know, we're gonna have a snowboarding change the whole thing. We're gonna have snowboarding downhill. 
the same track that the skiers do for all I, you can tell I'm a little anti snowboarding here because I'm old. <laughs> the the same downhill runs got to be done by the snowboarder, and we just have some giant net at the bottom that they can just fly into, so they don't get they don't go flying into the you know the chili at the lodge. So they're gonna have one downhill and a slalom, and we'll do the half pipe, which is cool to watch. But falling is a brutal thing. Like, oh, dear Lord, she fell. That's, she's in danger of not meddling. Instead of this, like, oh, we'll do it again. And why do snowboarders always seem unconcerned at the bottom of the hill? You ever notice that? They're like taking their skis off, high-fiving people. It's like they're all coming out of a Grateful Dead concert, all happy. You should be like, <laughs> I trained four years. I just fell. This is devastation. So that's my thing on that. Um, I, uh, that's how I think it should go. Again, five-day event. Maybe four and a half days. Put it right on television. Oh, new rule too: you can't have the Olympics in an area where it doesn't snow, uh, <laughs> because where they just were, they every, all the snow was fake. Uh, if you look when they and in did front it, of the factories, I don't know if yeah, you saw those like, pictures. <laughs> when they do an aerial shot, it's like it, it looks like a, one of those golf desert classics, and then there's <laughs> this white stuff going on. It looks like Miami in the '80s. Good evening, everybody. So anyway, that's my Olympic thing. Um, so <laughs> I just rush Olympics make me crazy. It, they they got to have, and same thing with the gymnasts. You can't have this four-year-old gymnast doing these moves. It looks like you're making pretzels. It's awful. <laughs> um, anyway, I think most people agree with me, but they're not going to admit it. So that's that. And these opening ceremonies, the whole thing is awful. Uh, anyway, um, let's see on the professional front. I, uh, what I do? I w- I'm working on this film and I got a really su- shocker surprise. I showed up to the set on Saturday. Um, and um, this film was called Fresh Kills. It's being directed, director, directed, written, and produced by Jennifer Esposito. You know her from Blue Blood, Spin City, Taxi Brooklyn. I worked with her on all three of those shows in scenes with her. So that's why she hired me. God love her. She's a sweetheart. She's really cool. It's shooting in Staten Island. Um, but I show up on the set. And uh, uh, I play this uh, mobster, Joe, his lawyer. I'm Stan and this guy, Joe. Who do I see playing Joe? Ladies and gentlemen, those of you scoring at home in the Jimmy Palumbo Olympics, Dominic Lombardozzi. Get out of here. Which is my buddy from the movie The Family. I spent six weeks in France with him. I got a million stories with him. As soon as I saw him, we were like hugging each other like two 13-year-olds. Like, oh, my God. That's so funny, man. And then we we were talking with everybody and – the funny thing is, though, and this is I, I this is probably going to go against the way people post on Instagram and Twitter. I could say, tell you, I'm in this movie. I'm in this movie. OK, I do not have a big part in this movie. I'm in a bunch of scenes, but I don't have many lines at all. Maybe one or two. And I'm holding a glass of Gendon. You know, God bless. I have a couple of God bless lines, really. Um, I have a presence in it, kind of, but not really. So I can't say. Uh, but I started making a joke. I'm like, what do they do? They hire Dominic. And they say, why don't you well, get that little guy? He's gremlin there, little Jimmy Plumbo, whatever. Because <laughs> I've worked with him on King of Staten Island, The Family, and now Fresh Kills. But it was a fun set to be on. Really cool crew. Jennifer Esposito was a doll. And also, uh, Annabella Sciora. I think it, I, think, I don't know how, I think it's called Annabelle Shora is how you pronounce it. Italian actress. Um, she was in Jungle Fever. Uh, she was in The Sopranos. She played the Mercedes-Benz car dealership woman. She ends up hanging herself. She has like an affair with uh, Tony. A uh, great role on that. And um, she was there. I get to talk with her because I did a movie with her called Back in the Day. Um, and she had to do this crazy scene getting killed in the street with Michael Madsen. And uh, it was raining out. It was, <laughs> it was just a nightmare. When's the release for this thing? Um, oh, it'll probably be a, a little year bit. for a year from a now. Bit. Yeah, they, they, they're, sh- they're still shooting. They're only on day nine of 20. So they got a long way to go. It's a cool little mobster. I don't want to say it's a mob movie. It's really a family movie, but there's a, there's a Staten Island little Vinnie Boombats uh, angle to it. So, uh, cool. and I, and I got to give a shout out. Uh, one of the, uh, we, I, when I was in Colorado, we did a zoom table read, which I, Dominic wasn't there. Cause he was shooting some Navy NCIS in Hawaii. He's always working. Um, the, uh, there's this young actress. Uh, she plays the part of Rose. And even on the Zoom, everybody was doing their thing. I had so little to do. So I could actually really watch everybody act on the, on the, it looked like the Brady Bunch. We had like six squares there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them looked like a young Florence Henderson. No, I just was, uh, I was watching uh, 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 
I was watching her and even at the table read, and I love this. When you have a good part and at a table read, you're bringing it. She was this young actress. She's probably 20. I don't even know. 22, maybe. I don't even know. She was bringing it on the Zoom. And I was like, and she has a main character in this thing, a key character that links everybody together. And I remember going like, who is this girl? She is throwing 98 miles an hour and storming off the mound, you know? So when I saw her on the set, I got to watch her act as, as well <clears throat> from afar, not on Zoom. And I even told Dominic, I said, I was like, Don, that girl right there, her name is Emily Bader. I predict she, she's, she's done some stuff. You can look her up online. She's not a rookie per se, but I'm like, this girl is gonna, if this movie does well, this girl will either be on a big TV show or a movie star. I think she's going to be that good. Um, and she doesn't even know I feel this way. I just was like, this was awesome. Um, I met another girl on the set, um, young, another young kid. We were talking. She just started out. She was a stand-in. And uh, she was sweet. And I was telling her my story. And Dominic was telling her his story, how we got started. And uh, it was fun because I said, listen, you know, send me an email. Um, uh, I, I gave him my card with the podcast. Uh, hey, QR code. I said, yeah, let him, I think it, yeah, a lot of 21-year-olds want to listen to Jerry. <laughs> so I said, I said, I said, send me an email and uh, send me your stuff. And I'll pass it along to some of my agents. I don't have a problem with that. And I even told her, I was like, you know, I do this sometimes because I love helping people out. Um, Cause I didn't really have that with me when I started. Usually they, a month later, they, they just send you a text. Hey, Jimmy, remember me? I'm like, no, who are you? And then like, I, I, you forget she, the next day I turned on my computer. Boom. There was the email with all her stuff, headshots, blah, blah, blah. I looked at it and I passed it on to, um, to my people. Uh, I'd love to see her get an interview with my agency, Henderson Hogan. That would be fun. And I also sent it to KMR. Um, I don't have a problem doing that. I got no skin in the game. And uh, so she was cool. And uh, it was just a really fun set. I look forward. I'm working this Thursday and Friday, and then I'm working the next Thursday and Friday. So I got some time on there to have some fun. Um, what else we got here? Uh, okay. Um, I've been watching movies. I briefly talked about Power of the Dog. I've been getting in arguments with my buddy Pat Volkmer, who will be coming on the show again because he's our – you guys have your uh, sports handicapper. I have my Oscar <laughs> handicapper, Pat Volker, uh -huh. um, who's out of his mind, by the way. And he's he I just think that movie Power of the Dog, like I've been telling people, if you're over 40 and you turn that movie on after after nine o'clock, you, you're done. You know, <laughs> I mean, at, at my age, sometimes a, a decent Yankee game, six, four in the fifth, I can doze off <laughs> and hit the hit the record button and wake up in the middle of the night to pee and find out what happened. I know yeah. you've done that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do that for 90 percent of the Monday night football game. <laughs> but this movie is slow and there's all kinds of imagery and, and stuff that that unless you went unless you went to Harvard or Yale, it's just like, you know, it's the complete opposite of uh, it's similar to beer league in that. No, I'm teasing. There's I was going to say, no, way. No, 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 there's, it's just one of those movies where there's like, uh, you know, Oh, uh, the juxtapositions against this and that. And this. it's like, I, I got none of it. Um, you know, uh, I, I just thought the movie was slow and I, I refuse to believe the American public Although some people may give the movie credit for images and the way it's shot, maybe and the acting, I guess is good. It's just, I'm sorry, you got to tell the story and you got to get to it. It was two hours and ten minutes, and it was. Whew, I think this movie's like I'm. I can't wait to fight. Uh, I just wasn't a fan. I wish I was in it because I want to be in every movie. But, um, but I got a few other movies. Um, Tick Tick Boom with uh, Andrew Garland. That's kind of the story behind the guy who created Rent. Okay. And, um, I knew nothing about this guy, really, other than I, I knew he died before opening night of of uh, his first play, uh, or the Rent, I guess it was. Um, and it's all about this original play he did called Suburbia, which I'm told led to Rent, blah, blah, blah. Andrew Garland just nails it. There's singing in it. There's there's humor in it. I I, I thought it was a cute little movie. Um, and he, uh, he, he could eat, well, he did get nominated and he could win it. I think he's that good in it. The other movie I really enjoyed, I think you'll like it too. I don't know if it's out yet. Might be. I just got the DVDs from SAG. Tender Bar with Ben Affleck. I like um, Ben Affleck. It it um you're gonna dig this. It's it's like 
anybody who's like hung out in bars uh, and what's great about it, they didn't do the whole sports bar thing. They kind of, uh, it's like hanging out in a bar in the seventies and eighties kind of thing, a local bar where you walk in and I'm at the corner and I just say, Hey, back Dave up. And then you back Jimmy up. And then, you know, if someone else comes in, we both back them up. And then sometimes you don't get a chance to back the guy up. And then the guy will say, yeah, I buy you a drink. You don't back me up. All that, like back me up stuff, right of passion, your first drink, getting into college and, and the dialogue between some of the, the owner of the bar, which I know a lot of owners of bars end up becoming friends, but regulars have barbecues. They invite the, you know, it's, I, I just think it's a really cool little thing and a slice of life about someone going to college and falling in love and stuff. And, uh, um, I think Ben Affleck's really good in it. I, I totally bought in. Um, so I don't, did you see it yet? Have you, I have not, I, have uh, yeah, not. I don't know if it dropped yet on Netflix. It's probably, they're all going to be available, but I am, I am a fan of Affleck, so I'll definitely watch that. I think you'll dig it. He's a really plays a really cool guy in this, I think. Um, it's Batman, and, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the, the other, uh, the other show I've been watching is uh, uh, Miss Maisel. Um, I watched two episodes of that, only two drops so far, and I'm digging that. I, I think I, I love that show. I was on it once and I enjoy it, and blah blah blah. So, um, everybody should watch that. I think if you're a fan of the show, you're a fan of the show. If you're not, well, then you know, I think my wife, it. I think my wife watches that actually. Yeah, people, it's, yeah. it's a hit show, but uh, but but okay, the key show I'm about to discuss on Netflix, which I think. Everybody should watch. Maybe if you're over 35, um, is uh, I'm going to make you watch it. But you won't. Uh, now let me ask you: Are you a fan of David Letterman? Yeah. Not like you used to watch Letterman when he yeah, was on. Yeah, from time to time. I wasn't like okay. religiously, but like yeah, I watch okay. him. Okay. Well, the the one of the like the head writers for David Letterman, one of them, a really key guy with Letterman the whole run, mm-hmm. is this guy named Steve Young. Not the quarterback. Saying, quarterback. <laughs> he did this documentary. He he was a they on David Letterman. They used to have these where he would put these crazy albums that he found collecting, and they would discuss them either weird band names, weird sounds, whatever. So he stumbled upon this. Now I know this from being an actor in New York. These industrial albums from companies from their from their big sales conventions, which in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. They put on Broadway shows for somebody that sold uh, 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 PVC piping. So there'd be an hour and a half show about PVC piping. That's what we like. Dancing, singing, high level. So jingles? No, beyond full shows. Like on a stage at Atlantic City (laughs) or wherever. And some of these albums, they were never released, but they ended up in these record bins. And one of them was called Bathrooms on Broadway. And some of the lyrics like, my bathroom, my bathroom is a special place to be. And he would just find them hysterical, okay? So he started collecting them. And turns out, like, he was he was losing his mind at every record store. But there was two other guys that were collecting them when eBay came out. And he was getting outbid by this guy on Letterman. They were like, who is this guy, Steve, outbidding us? Turns out that all three of them got together because they realized, okay, only three people in the world are searching for these. And dude, the the lyrics to some of the songs and the video footage they have, you will pee in your pants. And then they go and find the composers. They drive to his house. They end up meeting actresses that did it. And of course, I knew being an actor that those industrials paid very well. I did a few of them. I did one uh, for a, a drug called Posicor. I probably signed a non-disclosure, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm going to tell you. It was There's called so many of them out there. <laughs> it was a big stage. It was called Posicor Squares. So they had this huge Hollywood squares thing. And I played Joe Pesci. Okay. <laughs> and so I just had a sound New Yorker, blah, blah, blah. And they asked the question. And all the questions were like, do you take the drug four times a day or six times a day? And we had pre-written funny lines and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But people started to improv. And I knew because a buddy of mine was below me on this huge thing. And I could see him. I could see him. I looked at him. He's like, he's going like, Jimmy, no, no, I know you. I know you. The host of the show was this adorable woman, center stage, hosting this. And when she came out, there was some improv lines. But I, she had this really short 
dress on. So I decided it would be funny if I say, hey, how you doing there, doll? Uh, where's your other half of the dress? But there was 4,000 people in the arena. <laughs> she turned as red as this Jimmy Palumbo show uh, stuff here. And it was like, oh, my God. And now afterwards, the, the group thought it was hysterical. But I realized uh, I was never hired again for that group. Uh, but he, But here's the ultimate funny thing. Like eight months later, I'm reading the paper that the drug Posicor, which is for your heart, like 15 people dropped dead as soon as you. Oh my God. <laughs> the drug was like an epic failure. They had to pull it from the market, never to be seen again. Oh so that, so I get these industrials, but you have to watch this show, Bathrooms on Broadway, uh, Bathrooms over Broadway. It is such a unique documentary. It's about 90 minutes long. Um, it starts off a little slow. You got to follow this guy, this guy, Steve Young. But it's also about the closing of Letterman show. So if you're a fan of that, you'll dig mm-hmm. that. But I'm telling you, dude, if you get into the mode of how funny these lyrics are in these shows they did, I mean, Frigid Air, doing songs about refrigerators, but it's, but like Broadway level. It's, and Broadway stars, Valerie Harper did them, Tony Randall did them, all these stars have done them. Um, anyway, um, it, to me, it's one of the most highly recommended uh, pictures of the year. Um, and uh, that's just how I feel about that. So I like it. I like it. Another final thing we'll discuss um, is um, this baseball strike thing. I, uh, you know, Nick Stink, uh, the Rangers, I, you know, I'm only a playoff hockey fan. <laughs> I'm a Ranger fan only during the playoffs. Right. Uh, like a delay in baseball is just. And I, I, again, the American public, you know, Russia's going to invade maybe Ukraine. The the stock market's down. The Knicks stink. Yes, I, I lumped that all in. Um, uh, and all this stuff going on in the world. COVID, trying to get back, Omicron, variants. And we have these multi-gabillionaires arguing with multi, multi, multi. Always, always look at it like this. A gabillionaire is arguing with A-Rod. That's, oh, that's how you have to look at it. like a guy who's so loaded. Now they claim to be, no, we're trying to get more money for the minor leaguers. If that's the case, fine. Major league baseball, give, give the, give the, give the major league players a raise, give them, you know, instead of uh 30 grand a year, give them 80 grand a year and feed them better or have a, have a write-off system where you can write off the money that they spend at McDonald's. I, give them a debit card so they can go, whatever. Um, but like, come on! Are you it's kidding just such me? It's such a it's such a black eye for baseball in a time where, you know, I feel like baseball's lost a little luster through the the younger fans. So yes. it's like, so if you're a younger fan coming up in the world right now, and you're like, all right, well, I want to I want to watch a sport. What do I watch? Baseball's not going to be one of them because no. one, they're not playing. They're not and, playing. So what's and the also, point? it's if the games are long. Um, sadly, I think the games are good. Um, whereas, you know, I I think. It's such a weird thing. This is why I think a Major League Baseball failed. The NFL game and the NBA game are horrific to watch. <laughs> they are. They're just awful. And they, they really are. And if you've ever played, it just they stink. But it's so popular now due to gambling and, and uh, um, fantasy football and the way the games look easy on TV and they're structured. And they're only uh, football games, are they can be long, but most part they're about three hours. And yeah. basketball games are about an hour and a half hour 45 um and you also got like uh uh college basketball which bleeds right into the nba so if you like when you watch the ncaa tournament this year there's going to be like 10 players that you will see next year on on the timberwolves none of them will be on the knicks because the knicks never sign anybody good right um but you know all but the major league baseball game is still a decent game even though they strike out home runs and stuff uh, and yet they're, they're going to go on strike and delay. And then you're going to hear about guys not being able to get ready. And that annoys me. It's like, Hey, wait a minute. Hey, uh, Hey judge, you're making, Oh, not judge. He didn't get his money yet. He will though. Like, Hey, Giancarlo, who I think is the best player in the league. Hey, Giancarlo, like you, you hope you're like going to the gym every day. Right. And you're <laughs> staying in shape. Like, I don't want to hear like, Oh, no spring training. Cause you know what I would say to Giancarlo, Giancarlo, listen, the only fan you have in the world is Jimmy Palmo. Okay. And you were the best player in baseball last year. So here's what you do. You're making $25 million a year. Spend $4 million on a trainer to come to your house every 27 minutes between now until the strike breaks. I, you should be doing exercises. Have some kid. some Pick the best 
a, a college pitcher that you know and the best college catcher, go to your local field and have them start throwing your balls. Like, I don't want to hear this. Uh, oh, I couldn't get in shape. No, yeah. Why? You're a multimillionaire living in a house the size of Rawway. Why can't you just completely work out and be ready to go? And I mean, you can't face major league pitching, but we're going to give you like three weeks of that, and you got to be ready to go opening day. I don't want to hear about hamstring pulls. You know, oh, you're going to get a lot of that. You're going to get a lot of that. That's you're gonna ridiculous. Get like, oh, you're going to get oblique strains. You're going to get all sorts of stuff. Why? Because you're a fat bastard sitting at home? No, you should be working out right now the money we pay you. I just, you can't strike. I predicted a two-week delay. I hope I'm still right. It doesn't look I mean, that it's, way. I, from what, as we record this this week, they're meeting every day this week. Yeah, they're but I heard they try meet to, for like eight minutes. Well, that was last week. They did like a Zoom meeting for 15 minutes, and I was just like, okay, that was pointless. But I think they're meeting this week every day to try to hammer something out because they, they were given a deadline by the, the commissioner of baseball by Friday that if they're not met by Friday, then you're going to start talking about jeopardizing opening day. Well, I will tell you this as a, a to, to maybe to counter my own opinion. If I was on the player's side of negotiations, I would be a thorn. And here's why it's real simple. I would talk about, I was like, listen, we refuse to wear different uniforms every three days. I'll be like, if you play for the New York Yankees, it's the interlocking NY. It's, 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 there's no, there's no changes. I would even say nothing against the Coleman with the pink and the cancer stuff. Wonderful thing. I'll say, you know, listen, Yankees, we're not going to wear the pink, but we're going to write a massive check to the organization to not wear the pink. And we're going to have interviews with players. We're going to promote everything for that society out the wazoo, except we're going to have, you know, you know why? Because 30 years from now, if a guy hits four home runs in a game and he's wearing some cockamamie outfit that makes no sense, <laughs> it's going to look, what, daddy, daddy, what is that guy wearing? Uh, even the military stuff. I don't want to hear, just wear your uniform and then write a check. That's what I say. And also, same thing for other sports, especially the NBA. The Knicks have 19 different uniforms. You don't even know who's playing because I have the time. Yeah, right. I don't even know the names. In hockey, I don't know the city they're in. That's just, that's the greatest thing. (laughs) If I don't see Minnesota North Stars, I'm like, who are these people? (laughs) And didn't every team eventually was initially the Minnesota North Stars? Like, I think the New York Rangers were probably gotten to the league in 1904. Uh, I believe that they were the Minnesota North Stars, and then they became the Rangers. <laughs> that might be the funniest joke I've said in 10 years right there, but just, I don't know the teams. I don't know the uniforms. You can't Boston, change. Boston Bruins? Oh, they were the Minnesota <laughs> North Stars. <laughs> I think like the Celt- Boston Celtics were the minute they were a hockey team. They became a basketball team. It's, just, it's endless right there. That's I, great. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't know the team. First of all, I don't know the players anymore. I don't, I don't know anything and then they're changing leagues and this and uniforms and I have nothing against any event for the military or the Susan uh, Coleman thing. Don't take me the wrong way. The team will write a massive check and they can do so many other things like talk about a family member. There's all kinds of inserts they could do during the game. I just don't want to see, you know, it, 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 I just don't want to see a different uniform. Um, I'm You're a sorry. classic guy. And I don't even mind a little ad. Like I could, not near the front, but maybe like on the corner, if they want to run an ad, like, you know, Johnny's Appliances in the Bronx. I don't even mind Chico, that. Chico's Bail Bonds. Yeah, Chico's Bail Bonds. <laughs> but don't let it affect no name on the back if you're the Yankees. Yeah. And you want to throw a little ad in, maybe on the side of the helmet, you know, uh, chop sports, you know there what I mean? Go. Or, you know, call, <laughs> call the sauce for your picks, you know what I mean? Um, and stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I just think it should be that. And. Uh, it's just frustrating. They can't go on. And I'm, I'm kidding a lot around, but like, really, gonna, baseball is going to go on strike. Like, I think I think they're going to work something out. I, I think it'll get done this week. I, I, I because they're meeting every day. I feel like that's a little bit more optimism. Some of the senior writers in the league are saying like they would bet their entire like stock portfolio that there would be no games on March 31st when the league's supposed to start. Um, as long as they the, the rule is as long as they get four weeks of spring training, which I agree with you. I think it's way too long. I think there's no reason for that. Three Um, weeks is fine. Three weeks is fine. Two weeks is fine. Like if you're playing every day, nobody cares about how the Yankees are doing in their cactus league. You know, like nobody cares. Otherwise you got to have no days off for 10, 11, 12 days. Right. And that's what it seems like. But I tell you what, what's going to be really exciting, Jimmy, is that once they come up to an agreement, me and Chris on the daily show have talked about this. There's a plethora of free agents looking for homes right now. It is going to be a frenzy signing these guys quick. It'll be like the draft all of a sudden. Like Guys are going to get signed left and right. It's going to be fun. I don't know. The Yankees may get caught a little bit there because 
they're kind of they got to make some decisions on some guys. Um, well, I think they're finally going away from let's stay under this luxury tax thing. I think we've right. we've we've already kind of we've we've beaten that dead horse. <laughs> we right. yeah, we got to start signing some bombs. <laughs> I uh, that's true. The Yankees have been hiding me they're making billions. I right. also think. Listen, I'm not a Mets fan per se, but. Um, I think, like, listen, I've always been a fan of Buck Showalter. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Like, the Mets are going to be fun to watch. I mean, come Max on. Max Scherzer. Max yeah. Scherzer, Buck Showalter. They still got the uh, couple other Jacob guys. Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, even though he's <laughs> – Jacob DeGrom is clearly three starts away from being on our softball team. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be – and DeGrom's shoulder is on the ground. Wow. Yeah, they, they really kept that close to the vest last year. They were just like undisclosed injuries for like – half a year i'm like what can you just tell me that his I, pinky toe hurts like what do you want me to tell yeah please. i think the doc i think the doctors look at the mri and go like dude you don't really think you don't really think you're gonna play at the major <laughs> level anymore <do> <laughs> like, cut to shop sports here live from warren park where tonight they're going up against riffies where <laughs> Chop sports has signed johnny trino and DeGrom. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we'll make a pitch you'll get shelled right <laughs> get right it think about it and put the Put Carl in. Carl yeah. in. Imagine that. We'll, we'll lose Carl Gucci to another softball team. We signed go. Degrom. Right. Uh, <laughs> Got to make room. Got to make room for that room. contract. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Oh man. See you later, Liz. <laughs> See you later, Liz. That's it. Bye, Liz. That'll do it here. Uh, it's so funny. Anyway, that's my show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I guess uh, it was uh, uh, produced by uh, Dave Sturcho today instead of Chris. Chris will be back whenever he's done skiing, uh, unless he, you know, again. Before yes. you go, before you wrap up. Oh, wait, I have to do a couple of things. You're right. I got to. Yeah. Number one, uh, the tickets are selling like hotcakes for mm. Avenel Performing Arts Center. They I really can't even are. get a ticket. It's crazy. Uh, I think, <laughs> no, there's some left, but they're really like, I w it went from like 40 sold to like, there's only like 30, 30 left. And so that place holds what, 200 people? 200, yeah. yeah we haven't, nice. I haven't really started, you know, pushing it really just by talking about it and posting occasionally. So I'm going to do a massive push on that. Uh, I, I will be, we will be doing the Patreon thing as well for the Jimmy Plumbo show. Um, we've taken our time on it, make sure we get it right. And I think right around March 1st, we'll launch something. Uh, don't forget about my cameo. I could do Bob Shepard, your attention, please. Now turning 39, <laughs> Dave Sturcio. How old oh, are you? 35? 30, 36, man. 36? Relax over there. <laughs> you know what though, you know what though, dude? You know the rule, right? Once you turn like 34, there's no difference between 34 and 52. It's just yeah, like my body, my body will tell you different. <laughs> I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> Two kids doing a podcast. That's what I'm saying, man. I can't plugging. move when I get out of bed. I'm like, yeah. just like, you know, I got the daughter tugging on my arm. Yeah, like it's time to go downstairs. Like I can't move. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I can't wait to next year, man. I'm first third show chopper. The second, this will be an easy two. <laughs> Hey, listen, he's I, not even breaking out of the box. What's wrong with him? Hey, I tried. To, I tried. To, I legged out a uh, du uh, double play ball, and I blew my hamstrings. So uh, that's right. The tire blew when, that day. When I'm when I'm up at the plate, if there's a runner on first and I hit a chopper, I'm just going right to the dugout. It's automatic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're doing that, and uh, what else we got going? You just on? did. A, you just did a show, did you not? Yes. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, I did. Uh, again, you know what? Again, I have occasionally. Chop sports producers play just, well. And it's a wonderful thing. It's like watching a lousy Met game, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, this guy's pitching well. That's exactly what you <laughs> These guys aren't so stinking bad. <laughs> no, I did a show. Uh, I did. I made my first comedy club appearance in years, Stand Up mm -hmm. New York, on Tuesday. And I don't like to toot my own horn, but you know what? I was nervous because I was friendly with everybody. Somebody, comics, knew who I was. They knew me from Beer League and this, that, and the other thing, and, and the family. And dude, I went up on, I was, I was really cool on the outside. Like, you know, I was acting like, yeah, that's what I do. No problem. Like, give me the ball. You know, inside <laughs> I was like, cause I knew if I shit the bed, these comics were like, look at that guy. He acts a little bit. He's got a, he's got a lousy podcast. He's yeah, the pressure was on. The pressure oh, was on. Big time. Big time. And you know what, dude? Seven and two thirds scattered four hits, <laughs> 11 strikeouts. And, you know, and that, no that, walks. And when the manager walked up to take me out of the game, there was like a little hesitation there. Like, I didn't, I didn't get what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Uh, whatever. But I, you know what? I had a really nice set. I got a nice intro from the guy, which helped. Uh, he was talking about friends and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I, I, I do your, your Instagram and there was a lot of like tagged photos. People were taking photos of you and posting yeah, them and cool. stuff. So I, it was a good shot. I'm doing another podcast on Wednesday. This kid, 
Uh, Trent Marby has a uh, podcast. He's based out of Indiana, but he's in New York now. He's a comic. He was at the show. He called me up and said, dude, I got to have you on my show. And he's had a lot of big comics on, which is cool. Uh, so I impressed him. I, at least I bullshitted him for one game. Um, <laughs> and, but but he, spot, here's the spot start. Okay. But here's <laughs> the classic, the classic Jimmy Palumbo. So then I'm getting like, oh, you know, I had another gig on Wednesday night, right? Because I went with Joe Mattery's a couple weeks before and I got these gigs and blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, the, the, the head booker at Stand Up New York is a huge fan of the movie The Family and Beer League, which I found like, of course, I have not been booked back yet. I now so have I, a residency at Stand Up New yeah, York. <laughs> I want to. I really want. I would do shows there all the time. It's easier to get to for me. Anyway, so I decided to do this other show, you know, because I'm hip and cool. I'm in with the kids. Okay. And this is where Jimmy Palomo is on aging Jimmy Palomo. <laughs> Two and two thirds, oh, 11 man. inch. I got, I did a room. It's all you comics out there. I did this years ago in LA. You go to these rooms and they're coffee houses. And I looked and they had these couches, but this was now in the East Village. You got to walk down these steps. There was these people, uh, uh, um, there was all these Asian people selling food. I didn't know what it was. And they were selling coffee and different things. And th they didn't really say anything to you then you see all these couches and there was like a potbelly stove an old piano and this guy starts setting up a microphone and there's people there that are not there for comedy they're having coffee on their laptops doing work it was dingy and part of me was like oh, this is going to be cool because i did well last night stand in new york i'm going to show everybody how good i am I watched the first three community. Nobody was listening. I said, oh, I took the mic. You find out it's a Starbucks. And you're like, I oh. literally, I, you know, I felt like I felt like the GM of the team was mad at me because I pitched well the night before and they told the manager, put Jimmy in right here. We'll see how good his fastball is. <laughs> and dude, first two or three bits, I was, I was in big trouble. I was like, I was walking around the mound like, where they go, the catcher, the catcher going to the mound. That, that we, blew, uh, we, we, we blew through that. I didn't know the hand signals. I was, I was checking my, I was checking my wrist for the plays. I, I was a mess. <laughs> and then I realized I can't do normal. <laughs> I was doing all change that. A, change the play. Change, change the play. play. <laughs> I was struggling. I was, uh, I realized that I can't do a regular stand-up set with people sitting on couches, with, not really listening. And so the last two or three bits, I kind of just started talking to people. Like I just started, I brought it down. So I finished the game with like, I struck out the last two guys, but it was, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, when a, you know, when a pitcher leaves the mound, you get that spattering of applause. Like I'm surprised. You know? I'm surprised. I didn't get like a, a self, a, a self deprecating text on Wednesday night at like 12 in the morning. I, from left, you. <laughs> I didn't go out in the city because Tuesday night I was so excited. I went out and had a few drinks with my buddy, Jeff Cantor. But this time, man, I got like, I was home by, but the show started at eight. I was home by like nine 20. <laughs> <laughs> and plus it is it's in an area and of course the guy booked me again in, in april I don't, I don't know if i'm gonna do it but I, so he think again they look they google me and go like oh this guy's on tv but i'm like the, i would do the show again with a revamped attitude and uh, do, do different bits problem is it's in the east village there's nowhere to park mm. like there, there, there actually was a big sign that said nobody here can own a car ever <laughs> There just was no, there was no room to park, and I was afraid of parking illegally. I didn't feel like spending fifty dollars. I, I did find a spot, thank God. Um, but it was just, uh, you know, uh, that's what you have to do. And I did that years ago, and it ruined me because if no one's, it's like doing a podcast. Like the reason why I have you guys on, I believe when you do a show like the way I do it, you have to have someone like listening or adding yeah, counter punch. And uh, otherwise, if you just I know that people do podcasts in their closet and some of them are really funny and I get that. But that's not me. I got to have someone in the room to be like, am I right? Oh, what, am I a jerk off? <laughs> cricket, but cricket. When, cricket. Yeah, when you, get, when you do these rooms, I'm telling you. And it's, you know, that New York City kind of guy always wearing a T-shirt that says like, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups. And it's, it's an <laughs> old one. You know what I'm talking about? And he's got the sideburns. And when they go next to you to order coffee, they, they have a little body odor. Mm. That's the kind of that's what this and also there was these women there that have metal products stuck in different areas that I never saw before and you find so hipsters a bunch of hipsters is what you're saying yeah <laughs> it, but hipsters that are not listening to like me do my depends <laughs> joke from Walgreens <laughs> you know I, mean? I love that people, joke some of these people have never been in a Walgreens in their life and there oh my I am. god um, but anyway I struggled but I will you know if I go back there I won't struggle again I appreciate the, getting the gig but so that's it so we got. All kinds of stuff going on, and uh, I know your your daily show's doing great, and uh, 
We got new Manscaped sponsors. And how come I didn't get a shipment of man? Again, LeBron disrespected (laughs) at the winter meetings. You know what? I'm going to call the CEO of Manscaped. You you know what you can do? You can just enter the promo code CHOP SPORTS and get 20% off manscaped.com. There you go. See, I, you know, maybe I'll just do that, but I, I got to get another one from Chris that gives me 80% off. And then <laughs> you get the rest. All right, 100%. I love it. I, you know, I actually did hear that product's really good. Yeah, it's uh, great stuff. A buddy of mine said, of course, I got creeped out. It's not something, don't you think it's a, like, it's not something like you're having a beer with a guy and you're like, dude, best manscaper. I'm like, dude, that's a private thought. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. W- when we landed that, I thought, you know, it's funny because we did like a, a brief little, not skit, but like a commercial read, right? And I posted it and I was like, you know, all the things that I've done personally in my career, you know, for years and years, here I am doing, you know, balls commercials. <laughs> I just like, I just didn't think, I didn't see myself doing this, but here I am. No, listen, th- listen, they're a big company and yeah. it's a cool sponsor. We got to talk about what we got to talk about, right. but it's just a funny, it's a private thing when you're your, your comments today on the live show had me rolling. I uh, just, it was, it was fun times. It's got to have some fun with that. All yeah. right. That's my show. Everybody. I'll see you next week with a very special guest. Where have you come from? Where have you gone?